excited? It's your big debut. <laughs> so the great... I think it's just a big mistake. <laughs> Hello, and thanks for listening to Theory Lab. I'm Joe Cotter of the American Cancer Society's Research Department. I'm here with my colleague, Dr. Susanna Greer. We had a fun guest this time. We interviewed our boss, Dr. Bill Phelps. He's the senior vice president of the extramural research department here. Let me explain quickly what I mean by extramural research. Um, the American Cancer Society's research department has two houses. The intramural research department consists of around 60 scientists down the hall from me conducting research. The extramural research department is where Susanna and I sit. We fund research around the country at institutions like the University of Texas and Harvard. Uh, right now, we're funding 756 grants across the country. That's in 40 states, and it's uh, around $422 million. So as the senior vice president, Dr. Phelps has an important job and a really interesting perspective on cancer research and the role that American Cancer Society plays. I'm also contractually obligated to say that he's a hero of mine. Dr. Greer, why did you want to speak with Bill? Well, you know, I think that Bill has a really challenging job, and honestly, I, I think he does a really fantastic job doing it. Um, you know, the ACS is really transforming the ways that we prevent and detect and treat and survive cancer, and a big footprint in that is our research portfolio. I think Bill's a great leader, and it was interesting to just talk to him about what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, um, what things are we doing great in, where do we need some improvements? So it was a fun conversation. It was a fun conversation, so let's get into it. All right, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you. Happy to be here. <laughs> so this is where you chime in and say how excited <laughs> you are to be talking to me and Joe. Sure, right. I'm excited. <laughs> you can delete that part. Maybe, maybe not. All right, so we've got some fantastic things happening at American Cancer Society right now. Just this week, we've published challenge goals to reduce the overall cancer mortality by 40% between 2015 and 2035. We're all busily writing blueprint articles, right, Joe? One of which will get out as soon as we can, the research article, but we're trying to, de to really define um, not only our challenges, but also what are our opportunities that can change the face of cancer. And of course, we are also funding outstanding researchers and outstanding research that um, will help us to meet these challenges. So we're busy. And of all of us, you're probably the busiest. So we are really interested to find out your thoughts on what's happening at the American Cancer Society, your goals for us, what are you excited about? So maybe, why don't we start with that? Um, what are you most excited about that we're doing right now at ACS? I think that I'm most excited about some of the science that's going on, certainly the uh, impact of new targeted therapies on cancer patients, uh, the emerging impact in immune therapy in the context of many of these targeted therapies is combinations with old chemotherapies, with radiation, with surgery, all of these things are just increasing the number of options that are available to treat cancer patients much more effectively and to leave them uh, in much better shape as cancer survivors. So I think there's a lot of reasons to be enthusiastic. We've learned a ton about cancer uh, in the past uh, 30 years or 40 years 
and I think we're beginning to see some real impact for the investment in uh, in that science. So, so you said we've been learning a lot in the last 30, 40 years. What makes now different? Like, is I'm not a scientist, so it's hard for me to wrap my head around this. Is this like a particularly exciting time in cancer research? Well, I think it is. I think that uh, we have learned a lot about what makes cancer cells grow, a lot about what controls that growth of cancer cells, and we're beginning to see impact from, from that knowledge, uh, the targeted therapies being a good example. Uh, metastasis is, a, is actually what kills people most often, uh, not the primary tumor. We have a, better, a far better understanding of what is unique about metastatic cells, and you're beginning to see an emergence of opportunities to prevent metastasis from occurring or actually treating the metastatic cells themselves. Uh, and so I think that there's tremendous opportunity out there for um, uh, seeing the kind of convergence of fields, immunology, fields about genes and gene therapy. So I think that, that there's a lot of reasons to be enthusiastic because of the sort of parallel advances of all these different fields. So, Bill, you you shared that we have impacted cancer, and I think that's 100% true, but I think that the ACS also impacts the, impacts the folks that are doing the cancer research. Can you tell us a little bit about how you think the ACS is changing or impacting the scientific workforce? Well, I, I have always been very enthusiastic about ACS's commitment to uh, young scientists. Uh, I think that that's where some of the most creative ideas and creative and innovative individuals will come from is this pool of new scientists that are always coming on board. Uh, there certainly are important problems that need to be solved in cancer. We can't treat pancreatic cancer. We can't treat brain tumors very effectively. We can't detect ovarian cancer. Uh, we can't really detect most lung cancers early enough to have, a, have a, uh, an impact on outcomes. We can't, um, uh, even in the case of prostate cancer, where we can detect a lot of prostate cancer, we can't, we can't answer the simplest question of, of distinguishing aggressive prostate cancer from indolent prostate cancer, and it's really aggressive prostate cancer that kills people. So there's a lot of problems yet that need to be solved in cancer, and it's really these young scientists that are going to come on board and um, solve those problems. And I think the, uh, the commitment to young scientists that ACS made about 20 years ago, I think, is a uh, was a brilliant commitment on their part for the advisors that, that were here 20 years ago or 25 years ago that, that moved the society to do that. And I think we're beginning to see a, a, a real payoff from that. And uh, it is, uh, it's kind of interesting to watch when you see people that we funded 10 and 20 years ago as postdocs or as young faculty. Now they're the mentors for the next generation and they're seeking ACS funding. So it's kind of fun to see this generational pay it forward sort of approach to in, in science. You've seen a lot of people get funded over the years. First, when you were directly involved with peer review committees, and then now as the as the vice president. So, like, is there one quality that really distinguishes, or that that you think is especially important for young scientists to have to be successful? I think the most important quality for any young scientist is curiosity. Uh, I think the greatest advances. Uh, have often come from mixing of fields and an individual that stays focused only in one place misses opportunities to integrate uh, discoveries and advances in other fields and so the in my experience the the most important characteristic is this just 
insatiable curiosity, not only for what they're doing in their own field, but what's going on in other fields. And I think that if you want to find the one characteristic that, that is a characteristic of success in science, it's really curiosity. So you've laid out a number of challenges in the cancer space, obstacles that we need to meet. How are we going to do that? You know, what are your goals for our research arm of ACS? The, the uh, commitment to young investigators is the primary framework to solve those problems. They will bring the innovation and the new ideas and the new skill sets that will solve those problems. But I think what ACS can do is selectively look for places where we can drive some acceleration. Uh, so today, uh, for example, we, we have a partnership that we announced in February with St. Baldrick's Foundation for Accelerating Work in Childhood Cancer. There's a lot of great opportunities in childhood cancer where additional dollars, additional research, bringing new creative minds can accelerate successes in those spaces. By contrast, other types of cancer or other problems, uh, there really aren't good at good opportunities for rapid advances, and we need to wait for those opportunities to, to become apparent before we want to invest in those. Uh, I might use brain tumors as an example. You just don't see an opening for how we're going to make a major advance in brain tumors at this point. We're waiting for that opportunity. Is there one misconception about ACS research that, that you hear you'd <clears throat> like to clear up? Yeah, probably the one uh, misconception is depends upon where you sit. So some people think that all ACS does is so-called basic cancer research, and other people think all we do is cancer control research, and it depends on where you sit. And in fact, we've always done, at least for the last 25 or 30 years that I'm aware of, we've always done both. We've always had a balance of so-called basic, depending upon how you define it, and applied. Uh, and I think that that's probably the most common misconception I hear is this belief that you only do one thing but not the other and in reality we do all of it. Well why do we do both? Like if we know these you know discoveries and treatments that need to be implemented why do we keep funding basic science? Because all of those discoveries that need to be implemented started with a discovery that that was uh, a basic laboratory discovery in somebody's laboratory and uh, uh, if we abandon that we're, we're abandoning something to implement for the future. So our strategy has always been to balance those two things. If you put everything in the basket of implementation, you soon will have nothing to implement. So the brutality of cancer is that it impacts all of us. When you have an opportunity to talk to cancer patients and their families, folks who love them, what do you say? I say cancer is hard. Uh, research is hard. It is slow. It's hard to make advances. Uh, the advances that have been made in cancer may take decades, typically two, three, four decades, to go from a discovery to a benefit in a patient. And it's a dec decades of hard work. It's hundreds to thousands of scientists that have contributed, made small contributions to make those, ultimately to make a benefit, what will be a benefit to patients. And I think that's a hard story to tell. We're in, we live in a world where Everything is instant. It's instant message. We're in an instant message world. So how do you tell a story to a patient and their family that says it may take us 30 or 40 years to, to discover and implement the necessary things that will solve this problem for the future? But that's the only way it's done. It's always been done that way. Science is hard and it's slow. But it, it is the way we will make those successes. And we've had great successes. It's just where there's, there's many more that need to be uh, need to be pushed forward. 
Is there anything else you would like to share with us or with our listeners about ACS or our impact, our department, what we're up to? I think one of the one of the challenges that ACS has is that cancer is not one disease, but it's hundreds of diseases. And you've seen this explosion of charitable organizations out there. And many of them uh, are focused on one type of cancer. But ACS has maintained its, maintained its focus, if you want to call it that, really on trying to beat every cancer in every patient in every community. And that's a, that's a hard program to run. It's a very ambitious kind of goal that we want to achieve, working on all cancers at the same time. So how do we, as a charitable organization, focused on research on all cancers, how do we compete in an environment uh, where there are many other charitable organizations that are singularly focused on pancreatic cancer, on ovarian cancer, on brain tumors. How do we play a role where our focus is really all cancers in all communities? And I think the way we've tried to go about this in the last couple of years is to look for partnership opportunities. And uh, again, I mentioned St. Baldrick's as an opportunity, but the, but the goal really is what can we do with a partner with some of these charitable organizations that have grown out uh, what can we do with a partner that we can't do effectively, we can do better with a partner that we can't do effectively uh, by ourselves. And I think that's really sort of the wave of the future is how can we partner with all these other organizations to be much more effective uh, going forward. So I think that's one of the, the sort of take-home messages for what ACS needs to do and needs to continue to do. We can't continue to operate with the mantra of or be tied to the mantra of that's the way we've always done it. We, we need to actually evolve as the environment itself has evolved, as cancer has evolved, and I think we're, we'll continue to be an important voice for cancer patients. Where do you see us in five years? <clears throat> I think we'll, we'll maintain our focus in five years. I think we will maintain our focus on beginning investigators. I've seen nothing to suggest that that still isn't a very powerful framework for what we do. Uh, I think we want to do more in terms of uh, trying to solve specific problems. So if we go into childhood cancer, we go into ovarian cancer or prostate cancer, we want to identify specific problems and pull together groups of very creative scientists to try to solve those problems. I think we want to take a much more progressive view of how we link academic science to commercial uh, development. And I think that there's some opportunities there to do it in the right way, do it again on behalf of the cancer patient, not trying to make a profit, but trying to get things to cancer, cancer patients more effectively, realizing that there is a, a role to play for academic scientists and there's a role to play for uh, commercial organizations that want to bring things to patients into a market. Bill, we are excited about the evolution of the department and um, thrilled to have you as a leader. We're all looking forward to what's to come, so let's get back to work. Thank you. Thanks, Bill.